a martial arts movie podcast. Ha-ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, Paul, 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 I don't come through. You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Yeah, this so this is our last episode for Black History Month. And we're going out covering probably the most well-known African-American martial arts in cinema right now. Would you guys agree with that? Ditto. Uh, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. This is totally the first time I'm I'm, I'm acquiescing to that sentiment. Not, not that we have to re-record this for technical issues. Totally not. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Jai White. Of course. Of course. Uh, he is the... Um, the what best known modern martial artist i mean i think he's probably the only like real household name now for uh for like the starring role of martial arts movies um yeah so i mean we could have chosen like a million other movies i mean we're we already covered black dynamite um and oh, i actually try to remember all the other films that we've we've had blood and bone blood and bone yes that's right and i guess you can kind of count triple threat um, and there's oh, other right, movies yeah. that we, there's other movies that we could have chosen for this uh, selection too. But I think I was the one who chose Falcon Rising, like like subconsciously, because like at, when when we were going to choose Black History, well, choose a movie for Black History Month, uh, I, like we all knew. I mean, we all knew that Michael Jai White was going to be the one to cap it off, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, or right. at least he was going to be on there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even even if he wasn't, he's always a safe bet. Um, but yeah, what movie could we have chosen? Uh, I, I like the first thing that came to mind was Falcon Rising. Re- remember watching it a couple of years ago, and I liked it enough, uh, but I wasn't too confident with my memory because <laughs> I remember liking. It. I don't remember if it was uh, like a, a, a good candidate for our episode uh, for our podcast. And then yeah, so I recommend it. it was like, yeah, it's it's a safe bet. And then the day was about to come when we were about to record. I'm like, oh no, I haven't seen it. Oh shit! Like <laughs> I hope that that my recommendation was a was a you know actually paid off. And watching it again, I'm like, oh, okay, good. It's it's not great, but it's still a competent martial arts movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I would say that. Um, yeah, this so. This movie I thought was kind of interesting in the beginning because it's Michael Jai White doing something a little different, at least from the movies I've seen him in so far. Mm-hmm. And I got a little excited because the movie opens up and his character is a suicidal alcoholic, I guess you can say. Right. And I was like, <laughs> huh, okay. Very, you know, a pretty big departure from the characters he usually does. So I was like, okay, hey, maybe this is going to be something, you know, a little different. Uh, maybe there's going to be some self-loathing. Maybe we're going to get some, you know, some character, uh, some character stuff to dig into with him trying to see if he really wants to live or if he wants to save his sister. But that all gets kind of thrown out the window once, uh, once he goes to Brazil. So I was a little disappointed with that. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Well. Well. What is the story about Zero or Mark? Mark. What is the story about? Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, oh, hi. <laughs> I did not. I did not hit. <laughs> oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> um. Well, it's about a soldier who has clearly PTSD and has some real problems, and is suicidal, 
and clearly doesn't care about his sister at all, or the fact that he should maybe live to, you know, benefit her anyway, until she gets hurt um, in Brazil. And then all of a sudden he has a mission again, and he has to go down to Brazil and check out the favelas and basically become a detective to figure out who he needs to beat up and kill, whether it's through fists or through guns or blades. You know, probably in that order. <laughs> I feel like you missed the story beat right there. There's like a sentence that's pivotal to that. It's like, yes, he's there to beat up people, but he's also there to figure out why his sister got beat up. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you're missing a, a very important the sentence why. there. Yeah, it's like, he's just there to beat people. He's like, I don't like Brazil. He's I'm just sorry. A... Just, just go. <laughs> My misleading uh, plot points are intentional um, because <laughs> the sin- sister doesn't matter so much as much as Michael Jai White beating up people is enough for the plot to carry itself. Um, Did I also not email you just yesterday and remind you that I was coming? Yeah, and... And? And... I got nothing. Basically, she gets right. She gets hurt. She um she literally gets murdered. Almost, almost murdered. I almost, say. almost, and, almost twice. Almost, almost twice. twice. <laughs> 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 no, that could happen. Right. Uh, yeah. The second time around, I was like, oh, she's gonna actually die, and nope, nope, it doesn't. I was no. like, wow, this is the luckiest lady in the. world. I mean, she's not lucky, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> To be in this predicament, but you know, she's she kind of lucked out for not dying the second time around. Dying. And you yeah. know, there, there's some nice Easter eggs in this whole uh, not Easter eggs, but there's like there's some nice plot points throughout this whole movie because you're like, oh, okay, that sounds like a pretty baseline, you know, plot description of um, most movies. It's like, yeah, 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 except for you know, oh, the yakuza pop up, you know, like halfway through the movie. It's like <laughs> wasn't expecting that. It's like, yeah. I was as surprised as Michael J. White when I was like, is that an Asian nurse? And then I was like, huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He was but... like, there's no way that could be anyone else. I saw an Asian nurse. They're like, are you sure? <laughs> They're like, there's no, the whole time I was like, there's no Asians in Brazil. But then the movie, you know, actually corrected me with telling me yeah. about uh, outside of Japan, apparently. Uh, the most Brazil Japanese. Has a very large Japanese population. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's actually surprising. I did not know that. I guess really? we'll be visiting Brazil sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For all the viewers out there, South America has a huge uh, Asian population, whether it's uh, it's mostly actually uh, Japanese and Chinese, but yeah, huge, huge populations. Yeah, well, um, yeah, that's basically the story. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're obviously sk- skipping some of the the pivotal plot points and like what the actual whys behind like why her, his sister gets in trouble and actually gets hurt i mean, i guess we can dive into that a little bit a little bit going to st- she, the spoiler territories we already uh, told you there's yakuza involved it's quick it's i mean she's yeah. they're doing humanitarian um volunteer work basically and she gets involved with the wrong crowd because she discovers some information some mm-hmm. illegal activity and then actually that going into the spoilers Basically, it's involved with the Yakuza, and there may or may not be some... And child trafficking. Yes, there may be. May or may not be some some sex trafficking with children. Yeah, and some people on the payroll that may or may not be in government positions, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's fighting involved, so yeah, (laughs) that that makes the movie a lot more uplifting. (laughs) Uh, Okay, minus all the the doom and gloom of Mm. the general story... uh, 
I mean, the, the, the movie's actually very simple uh, in, in premise. Uh, Zero, like, I don't know if you noticed this, but the past couple episodes of movies that we've watched, I just keep walking out of those films thinking like, man, is it, am I just stupid? Like, did I, why didn't I understand the plot of this movie? <laughs> like, I don't understand, like, like, like after we watched TC2000, like, I have no idea what this movie was about. And oh my God, like, nobody, nobody can watch TC2000 and come out of that with their brain intact. Like, <laughs> I feel like you're, I feel like, it just turns to mush and melt out of your ears after trying to comprehend that movie. This is right. this is this is like action comfort food. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. it's so straight to the point. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm not trying to say that's bad at all. No. It's just very straight to the point. It's it's got night nice action beats. It's got you know very simple story beats. Uh, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's too big of a spoiler because I'm probably I, I think I feel like the trailer probably shows the yakuza somewhere in there but when they come in you're kind of like oh okay well that's at least that's different so you know they they you know they add some asian flair in there i guess (laughs) you know Uh, to shake things up yeah it it is very uh, by the numbers for the most part though because you you kind of already see a lot of what the movie is going to spell out for you later down the line in other movies right or in other tv shows it's like yes it's like oh it's a big it's a it's a cover-up it's uh you're in over your head it's actually a, a crime syndicate and control pulling the strings like you've seen all these these things before uh, and he's, you know, like big ac- superhero action man is going to save the day by getting to the bottom of things. You've you've definitely seen this a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know, for the most part, it that didn't really bother me. I actually did find this movie very generally entertaining. Yeah. Um, for sure. If only for the if only for the fact that Michael Jai White actually kind of deviates from his normal stoic, non-expressive, superhuman character that he always plays. Well, right. So that's what I was saying. I got excited from the intro because I was like, oh, wow, Michael Jai White is suicidal. Haven't seen that before. <laughs> and so I was hoping that would just permeate throughout the entire story. You know, would he just be the sad sack who is fighting depression, but also fighting the, um, you know, the fact that he has to save his sister, his loved one? I thought that would be an interesting balance. Yeah. But unfortunately, once he goes to Brazil, they, you know, that, that, that character beat. Uh, never comes back up again. Mm. Kinda, kinda. I, I, I'd say that yeah. he has a mission at least. That, that he has a mission. Say, that's exactly yeah, that's it. True. I think that they touch upon the fact that now he has a mission. Once again, he has something to do in his life, whereas his career as a soldier has ended, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. And the only way mm. to actually remedy any of his mental conditions is to be back in the battlefield. And even though he has had, you know, time back as a civilian. And all of these problems are now manifesting themselves. Um, now he's going back into the battlefield and it's like he's getting used to that again. And he still gets occasional flashbacks and stuff like that. But it's like he's focused once again. He doesn't have to deal with his you know, emotions and his bullshit because he's only got one thing to do. And it just so happens that you know it's to save his sister, whether directly or indirectly. Um, yep. So... I think they touched about it a couple of times, especially when they did flashbacks throughout that latter half of the film. Um, but yeah, I actually, so you mentioned like the stoic attitude he had. I mean, like he goes crazy at one point punching a wall, you know, <laughs> like usually he's punching bad guys in other movies. Um, like this is a little bit I mean, more in depth, I think, in terms of um, what he usually does. But I think this movie carries more 
um and is what it is because michael is actually like i don't, I don't know i just feel like there's some like aura of of michael movies that happen um th- there's something about them that like it seems like the plot makes sense you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> Like you've seen Black Dynamite, right? <laughs> I, I have, I have, I have. I know, but but overall, in, in his uh, filmography, I feel like most of his work, like there is a structure, and it mm. almost feels like it's because he has like some input in how he portrays himself. Aside from him being obviously the lead, the lead, um, it's like there's a lot, there's a bit more depth, like the minimum depth that is necessary to carry plot. If that interesting. makes sense. Interesting. And we're talking about a movie where it's like, yes, there's all there's all that. There's a there's character depth. There's um there's a humanitarian side of him that just wants to make sure that the children aren't harmed. Mm-hmm. And then there's just him being the shit out of people in this movie. So there, there's it's like a perfect melding of all these these different things. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I mean like yeah, like uh, if if this is any other movie, this could be your typical action uh, action fodder, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, there is martial arts in this. So, I mean, I think that's what actually separates it out. Although, there isn't that much martial arts. I mean, it's, it is very backloaded. You see a lot of the fighting at the very end. Um, but for the most part, the, the fighting is pretty interspersed throughout the film. Um, and I don't know. Like, do you guys think that it would work better if there was no fighting in it at all? Uh, I, th- I think what helps this as an action movie is the fact that, yes, uh, as you mentioned, well, there aren't so many fights interspersed throughout, but they the setting I think helps. The fact that they're in this um, what's it what is it the favela? Yeah, the favela. favela. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the Brazil. fact that they're in the favela. Brazil, they, ponytail. Oh my god. <laughs> they need to um, establish the politics and the culture that's going on in there. So while yes, this could be typical uh, mystery who killed my family member. I, I'm seeking revenge, but you're also getting uh, information about what's going on in brazil and how things are different from you know america where he's coming from yeah yeah well um i mean yeah like that does set it out different from other films i i do think that the fighting itself is it's 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 good uh it's not spectacular but like i think it's appropriate for this kind of movie which you would think wouldn't work right because yeah. he's like doing karate <laughs> he's like he's like while he's, shooting he's people <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, well, actually, you bring up a good point about that because uh, I get a lot of John Wick-esque action sometimes yes, in yes. some of the, the fighting, right? I don't know if you guys saw In the scene, very end, I was thinking John Wick, and I was wondering if it got influence at all. And so John Wick came out in October 2014, mm-hmm. and this came out in November 2014. Mm-hmm. So I think it's straight coincidence that this has... You know, this has flavors of close quarters combat. This has flavors of kind of that gun fu style that John Wick made famous. Unless, uh, you know, the the martial arts uh, fight choreographer, uh, Larnell Stavall, I think his name mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Unless he, I don't know, unless he walked onto the set of John Wick and was like, oh, hey, that looks cool. I'm going <laughs> to incorporate some of that stuff. You know, you never know. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of those, uh, a lot of the guys that, um, you know, in the, in the industry are all friends so they're probably right. familiar with each other's stuff i don't know if it's a if they really influence each other or not or if it's just straight coincidence that some of the stuff here looks a little bit like john Wayne. it could have been yeah. like a natural escalation of you know um 
change in film style over many years and they're like we're gonna try something new and then like over a couple of movies like you don't even notice that we probably haven't even touched upon or haven't even realized ourselves like these john wick like style moves have been evolving over the past couple of years uh before this movie and john wick itself and then they're like we're gonna go to the fucking nth degree and we're gonna make john wick and i think you can kind of see that in like a lot of action movies because it's 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 like form it's like very soldier like camera you know point of view over your shoulder like um holding the weapon like you see that in tv shows nowadays you know um Mm -hmm. i just think it's like a a style that came out of the late or or i should say early 2010s Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah uh well Michael Jai White, uh, I mean, we, we've, we've touched, about, touched upon his st- style of choreography in the past, right? Uh, he doesn't go for the overly flashy things. He does do flashy things, but, like, it's not, you know, he doesn't do flips or anything like that, which is fine, right? He, you know, behind his, his fighting style is a lot of power. Um, and, yeah, like, you can definitely see that on screen. So it, it kind of works to his advantage in this movie. Right, because he's he's basically like this very he's like a flying battleship. He's like I, a, like, I, did I, I feel that? like we've described him like that before because I <laughs> I, I want to say he's a tank, but he's a very mobile tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, flying battleship is like a great way to put it. Yeah. The guy's huge. The guy's fucking huge. Yeah, but he's I'm very sure fast, he could, nimble. Yeah, I'm sure he could do flips if he wanted to, but. To put the actor through doing that over and over and over again, I'm sure that would tire him out because the guy probably weighs like a ton yeah, because yeah. of all that fucking muscle he has. Well, it's, okay, well, that, that sorry. Uh, the, what I was trying to get at isn't even so much like he should do flips. No, like I, I'm saying for the for this kind of movie, it's more appropriate that he doesn't because there's yeah uh, there's there's small bits of comedy like very 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 in you know minute amounts in this film. For the, but for the most part, it's very it's a very serious topic. And with the world that they're setting it in, he should only be doing more realistic kind of fighting. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I know, and, I know what you mean. Like when we when we spoke about uh, Raging Phoenix, and there was you know child trafficking in that movie, yep. I was questioning whether we should have drunken boxing and you know guys on stilts jumping around, you know, <laughs> trying to kill the protagonist. And, and yeah, some, sometimes with the subject matter, you might want to keep the fighting a little more serious. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, um, though, Raging Phoenix, because that's exactly where I drew this movie's parallel to. Um, Raging Phoenix, Rising uh, Falcon. Falcon. Damn, I fucked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Raging Falcon, Rising Phoenix. I, mean, I yeah. forgot. I forgot the title of uh, Raging Phoenix. I was like Rising Phoenix. No, I, I made the same mistake. But um, no, it's it's something about the movie of the setting that like coastal, um, like uh, you know, slummy like um, atmosphere. But everything is saturated with so much color. Plus, of course, you have the, the um, trafficking. Um, you have the crime, you have, you know, uh, gangs of sorts, um, and just like corrupt individuals everywhere yeah. and just a shit ton of fighting and then awkward weapons, just awkward <laughs> weapons in both movies. Um, yeah. it's, oh, wow. I, I just think they're very similar, but like different main characters and slightly different plot, but definitely different geography. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, those are good. Was it? I was just going to say, well, this movie is missing Michael Jai White doing drunken boxing. I think that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, hey, so Mark, you were mentioning the crooked, uh, crooked individual. So yeah, as far as every kind of uh, like, oh well, in a lot of crime dramas or crime mysteries, which it really is, like it's a crime mystery at the heart of this movie. Like that's what actually keeps you engaged in the film. Because there, there are moments where there is no action. I mean, there is, there's gunplay, uh, which, you know, like, it's fine. This, this movie doesn't do it exceptionally well. So, uh, you know, like, you're really in it here for the hand-to-hand combat. But <laughs> when there isn't hand-to-hand combat, it can... It, I mean, it, could, it has the potential of being really slow. It can it feel like it's not being paced out well. But what's keeping you engaged is the mystery, right? Like, you want to know where, like, where the next clue is going to lead him. And who's again, the next person he needs to beat up to get the clue to <laughs> yeah. go to the next location? It's always Latif Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, I would be terrified to go against Black Dynamite, all right? So, you know, like, if he comes into my crime syndicate, I'm like, all right, all right, I give up, I give up. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, on that note, there really isn't that much fighting. Uh, like, I think they mentioned that before. I think there's, like, three and a half fights, uh, I, if you really, like, yeah. count them. Like, is that even uh yeah but they're realistic i mean i I like what you said before like they're realistic in the film of its setting and its uh plot it is very realistic how many fights happen and the type of fights and his tank style i mean you (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's literally kicking people mid-air and they're falling to the ground and he's not moving like you you know like it's it's crazy but it's it's more realistic that like guns are pulled out when you're dealing with gangs. It yeah, just yeah. doesn't make sense otherwise. Right. Well, um, well, I mean that doesn't happen till a little later in the film. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Michael Jai White doesn't have a full fledged fight scene until about like I, I guess like the forty minute mark. Uh, the first one in in the, in the store the drugstore. Super, the, in the drugstore, that's not really oh, a fight. That that yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna coin this phrase. It's gonna be like the establishing scene, establishing fight scene, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, like it's not a fight scene. It is the it is set up to let the audience know how good the character is at fighting. It's and, like a power <laughs> establishment scene. It's more yeah. like a mental state, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, our mental state was him uh, almost him swallowing bullets. I think that that's yeah. lifted in other, from other movies, right? I, I I think I've seen that in other films. Yeah, I think I think other movies have done it before, where the main character does a shot with bullets in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but fine. I, I've never, so, but I've so never, light. I've never recalled anything with him drinking it and then using those bullets to basically play Russian roulette. Uh, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that part, which is a nice spin. I've always seen the like bullets. <laughs> it, I see what you did uh, there. <laughs> um it's uh <laughs> it's a nice little spin there because uh usually when they're taking shots they're like oh the gunpowder gives the vodka flavor or whatever you know like that kind of thing something something stupid like that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh well the first one in the the corner store isn't really or the convenience store isn't really anything to, except to establish michael jai white as a fighter so we can kind of gleam over that and kind of push forward a little bit um so yeah, like everything we mentioned before is true. You know, Michael Jai White is obviously he's suffering his PTSD. He goes, he gets visited by his sister, who in turn says, uh, "Oh, brother, brother, who I don't talk to much anymore. How I'm going to miss you when I potentially get hurt one day, but that will never happen." And then she gets hurt one day. <laughs> he goes to go, goes to her on and visit her in a hospital bed in Brazil. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, right off the get-go, you are set. You get to meet a, a, a cast of characters 
that kind of fit into a role, right? Like mm-hmm. there's the there's the female lead police officer who you know, like you you know that she's just by looking at her, you already know that she's gonna be you know helping Michael Jai White. And then there's the opposite. There is the crooked cop and his his confidant, uh, played by Latif Crowder. And I mean, you and you and I, all of us, uh, are martial arts fans. You see Latif Crowder in it, and you mm-hmm. you think to yourself, "Okay, well, Michael Jai White doesn't the die protagonist. in the first twenty minutes." <laughs> oh god! <laughs> uh, it, this isn't um, oh, undisputed. Undisputed three. <laughs> uh, no, no, this is not that. Um, you see Latif Crowder, and you don't notice any other martial arts movie, uh, martial artists in the movie. You're like, okay, well. I assume that he's going to be some sort of pivotal role in the movie. But even if you don't, you can kind of tell based off of uh, a particular fight scene that's about to happen with Latif Crowder that there's crooked cops involved and they're going to be, you know, they're going to face Michael Jai White at the end, Um, which actually kind of lessens the blow, in my opinion, of when, you know, it's revealed that they are crooked, like uh, roughly like three, four, uh, two thirds into the movie. Uh, when you real when you realize that they are you know helping the yakuza, I I don't know if this is a spoiler. I feel like you just know it right off the bat. Uh, yeah, maybe, is that just me? No, when they when they first introduce their character, it's very obvious that you know they're the bad guys. They're they're in there. They're going against the female police officer who is friends with Michael Jai White's sister. You know, they just exude sleaze and just <laughs> scumminess. So. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's nothing hiding the fact that they're obviously the bad guys. Right, right. Well, um, yeah. With that said, uh, the second fight actually is with Latif Crowder again. Uh, if if you didn't know he was a martial artist, well, now you know because he's the one who fights a uh, random. Well, not random. I guess he's yeah, a random, random guy. It, yeah, it's kind of random. It is. It's yeah, just the dude that he's the only dude that technically doesn't have a gun that's surrounded by dudes with guns. So that somehow makes him the physical hand-to-hand combat challenger even though literally no everybody's like why is he picking me <laughs> like it doesn't make sense well because he can do flips and latif crowder can do flips that's so true gotta have a flip they, off they can both do the flips they can and, flip each other off and this <laughs> <laughs> nice and this is the only fight that actually has consistent uh, i would say actually has the most capoeira in the all the other fight scenes and it may be by a margin but i would say yeah. this one has the most all right so from what i remembered i remembered this movie and i thought wow there's no capoeira in it even though latif's in it and i was wrong <laughs> technically technically yeah this is the only fight where there's like it's full-fledged capoeira yeah. um it's there's a couple of seconds like, close long. quarters uh, close quarters like combat shit, <clears throat> like mixed martial arts but yeah like, kind 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 of kind of by the way amazon i love it when you um when uh, trivia uh, when i'm no 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 i love it when amazon uh does this where i'm watching a foreign language being spoken on screen and the words speak speaking in portuguese is overlaid on top of the fucking subtitles i love that i love that shit thank you well, thank you amazon they're How trying else to tell, i know yeah they're trying to tell you that what is being said is completely irrelevant so you don't have to pay attention <laughs> no it's not the whole fucking movie it's probably <laughs> all just ponytail it's fine <laughs> ponytail oh does my it. god no, 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 no. Uh, um, yeah, uh, so this fight is actually only 50 seconds long. I think maybe that's why I don't, I didn't remember it so much. Uh, I think I remember the the setting, the the place 
rather than the fight itself. Yeah. Um, well, just because it's this, so short. Yeah, this fight is just to establish that Latif Crowder is the mini boss. He's the yeah. number two to our main bad guy, uh, Thiago. And he's got some skills. You know, he shows off some fancy capoeira moves. I like that he finishes him off with like a front handspring, yep. like kind of cartwheel, and but it's like a double kick to the guy's face. Yep. Yeah, looks good. I was like, yep, that's Latif. If you yeah. if you like his stuff and anything you've seen him in, he's he's always pretty dependable if you like oh, yeah. the kind of flashy moves he normally does. Right, right. I mean, this is no the protector though. I mean, I, I, but I mean, it's fine. It, it's yeah, just, I just yeah, don't like that it's so short. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And uh and I think this is uh his he pairs up again with Larnell Staval who did the fight choreography for Undisputed 3. So I was kind of hoping he was going to elaborate on Latif's choreography a little more now that right. they teamed up again, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cut short, unfortunately. Right. The the stunt person, the the extra who plays against him in this fight scene. I mean, they always say that you are only as good as your stunt. That you are made to look good based off of how well the stunt person performs. Here, the stunt per person, I don't know if it's intentional or not. He looks weak. <laughs> He's supposed he, he, to be. He's supposed he, to be. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like he, he. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe it's not. Like, cause he does a tornado kick, and it's like the wimpiest tornado kick I've ever <laughs> seen. Like, is that intentional? I don't like. It looks. It looks like really like amateurish. But I guess again, maybe that is uh, by by design, right? Yeah, I believe um, so. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jimmy Navarro, who plays the Diego character, who is the 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 lead, the sergeant crooked cop. Mm -hmm. Uh. He was apparently an extra in one of one of my favorite, like so bad it's good movies, Raw Force. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a movie about cannibals. That's that's all you need to know. Go watch it. I, I uh, don't remember him in there. Was he maybe one of the monks? No, he was one of the dead bodies. <laughs> was he really? <laughs> I think so. I looked at his IMDb. It just says oh, dead body. Oh shit! You're right. It says corpse. Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving forward, uh, yeah. So now we get to uh, actually finally have a Michael Jai White full-fledged fight scene. Um, so now he goes through the treasures of the favelas and he's trying to figure out uh, who stole his sister's necklace. Oh, and that's not really true. Like eventually, lunch he, money. <laughs> yes, it's like oh, you stole her lunch money. I'm gonna beat you up. Uh, I'm, damn, we should rewrite this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, okay, so it actually turns out that, yes, there was that Asian nurse who uh, tries to poison the sister in the hospital room. Um, thankfully, White is there to stop that from happening. So uh, after he stops that, or he gets the attention of the hospital staff, um, I guess we're just on to the next, next scene. Now he's back in the favela, and um, he interrogates someone who apparently stole his sister's necklace. And this is a one-on-many fight, and yeah, I, I, like I, for some reason, like this, this I, I think is like probably one of the better fights in the movie, just because I can actually see what's happening. Uh, you know, I, I like the end fight, but I, I'm so glad that this is well shot and in the daylight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's much of a compliment. Um, but I, again, this is also incredibly short. It, it's like like a minute and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I was I was speculating the because this fight yeah this fight is short and it is very simple. My speculation here is they're really shooting in this kind of gutted apartment complex and it really is just concrete walls. So I was thinking, well, they it's probably really hard to pad some of that stuff. So 
a lot of the moves need to be simple because, you know, you don't want to hurt your stuntmen too much because they're literally just fighting on concrete. Right. And they're really just throwing the stuntmen against the wall. So I think you don't want to do that too much to them. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I, at first I was like, OK, this is a little too simple. But then I realized the surrounding literally concrete walls. Literally, he carries a guy and his head bashes against the wall. So right. I was like, OK, I can be a little more forgiving on this because, you know, maybe budget, maybe time. Yeah. Well, what what's one thing that we, we've been saying for the longest time, with which is a problem, which may be a problem for Michael J. White's movies. Um, he's always invincible. <clears throat> yes. And here yes. it's it's like, eh, he still is. <laughs> I mean, clearly, because he's beating all these guys up with no problem. But they kind of pose an, a small issue for him. A little bit. I don't know. It, like, not that he's ever any in any sense of danger, because he's obviously whooping their ass so easily. But, I mean, like, it, it kind of varies it up a little bit, maybe. I don't know. It's not like blood and bone where he's literally untouchable. I, right? I would say that he's still pretty invincible this whole movie. And I, I think the only thing that's driving me at least for the only thing that was for me driving this movie forward was the fact that I wanted him to get revenge for the sister because I like the sister mm-hmm. for me, like Michael Jai white, once the suicide thing dropped, like he wasn't really a likable character for me anymore. Mm. Well, I mean, he's still going, he's still trying to do a good deed, right? He's still trying to save yeah, the yeah. children. What's the plan? I go in, you go back home. Besides, you need to be to work soon anyway. Sure. You don't mean to come in there and, save your ass as usual i mean i think yeah like you're right like the sister subplot does kind of fade away it's all about saving the children his Um, his biggest weaknesses are basically um the fact that if his sister dies um he's probably gonna get killed you know like if if she actually succumbs to her injuries or somebody poisons her or somebody stabs her whatever it is you know suffocates her Mm-hmm. Um, well, the enemy or whoever hurt her pro- just doesn't care anymore, and they're going to kill him without mm-hmm. any regard for whatever the law is because, you right. know, they didn't care about killing the sister. Um, and he's kind of protected in a sense because he's surrounded by cops, even if they're crooked, because they're trying to hide and not give away their position. And that being mm-hmm. said, you can feel that sense of danger, though, because every time he's in the favela and every time he has a gun in his hand or something is going on, all of a sudden, all the residents take out their fucking, like, AK-47s, their <laughs> handguns, and they're aiming at him, and they have him completely surrounded. So he has to make, like, smart decisions in the moment as to not get himself shot. So, like, there's, like, a right. sense of impending danger and doom um, and some frailty of the tank um but like i think that's why it's not the same as in other michael jai white movies where he is that unstoppable juggernaut so to speak yeah Yeah. i mean he well i guess here it kind of makes sense because he is a war vet so Mm -hmm. he should be able to have some sort of combat training and you know obviously hold his own and he does like but it's weird at times i'm like he's using traditional karate at at times i'm like "Uh, I i wouldn't imagine that would work but he makes it work, so like, okay, fine. I'm not to knock on traditional karate, but I'm also knocking on traditional karate right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, no mercy. <laughs> uh, in a world where UFC one never existed. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, okay. So going back to the actual fighting, um, like, or the fight scene itself. Uh, yeah, like the, the fighting itself is relatively simple, but it's still made entertaining because of the fact that Michael Jai White is 
soul to look as good as he is you know um, help you know, with the help of the assistance of the the stunt people in the in the scene um and you i would imagine that this wouldn't work in other movies for some reason just because uh like the cut it, it kind of cuts a little too much at times i was like, like it's like the the moments where he he picks up the one of the dudes and he he walks through the doorway and it cuts to his head hitting the doorway I don't know. I was like, oh, I could have just left it as one. Like, I don't feel like you could have, you needed to cut at, at all at that moment. You need to I don't have know. the padding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to, I was just going to say, yeah, he, when he hits his head on the, the doorway, you needed, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't show that. So that, you know, yeah. protect, protect e- the stuntman. Even just, with just wear a beanie, cut. like in, you do in every movie, <laughs> like every movie where someone gets hit in the head, wear a really e- thick beanie. Even with that or cut, though. Or a very but... thick afro, like in, uh, fucking whatchamacallit uh not tom young uh, uh fuck asian afro in ong bak ong bak yes. there you go asian afro the movie's called asian afro yeah it, i mean um, that cut was really good though because it um it obviously it protected the stunt, stuntman but um it was still almost like the transition was perfect where you felt like it was still happening regardless but um, if if you waited for that to happen all the way through, you'd be like cringing even more because it'd be like one of those Jackie scenes when you're like, oh, he literally was like one percent away from dying, you know? Right, right. Like it would be just a little too real. And obviously, these these types of films like they protect their people. Right. Well, uh, it turns out that the necklace wasn't stolen by the person he was pursuing. It turns out it's all misunderstanding. And um, that's why you shouldn't racially profile. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Michael Jai White. You don't know anything about that. <laughs> this is only Black History Month. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> moving forward a little bit, because, uh, yes, we don't have another fight scene until... Actually, quite a ways. Uh, we have an action sequence where, uh, well, after Michael Jai White uh, shoves a guy's head into a toilet four times. Uh, <laughs> context. No context. I'm not going to give no you any context. context. It doesn't, doesn't matter. And after a guy explodes in a buggy, I guess. Uh, yeah, by the way, yeah. I love that. I love that <laughs> that buggy explosion. Because actually, that was, that's edited very well. Because, um, you know, like you see the actor get into the car and then it immediately explodes in the same shot. And obviously, obviously, with the power of editing, you can make it seem that way. But I mean, hey, they went, they put the effort to do that. Yeah, exploded. Yeah, I have a question. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Neil McDonough, what's his name? McDonough. McDonough. I I wanted to say McDonough for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Neil McDonough is in this movie, and he's assisting Michael Jai White because he's he I think he worked at the American Consulate. Man, every time I see him in movies, I feel that he's usually the bad guy. Yeah. So this whole movie, I was like, betray him. I was like, when is he going to betray Michael Jai White? When is it going to happen? And I guess yeah. semi-spoiler alerts, it doesn't happen because he's actually a good guy. It's those yeah. highlights, man. You always think that he's going to betray somebody because when he plays the bad guy in previous films, he's always had that super light hair. And whenever he's the good guy, he actually has darker hair. And I've I mean, seen this. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's certain expectations you need to see. You know, like, like, yeah, my, Neil looks like he needs to be the bad guy, and you know, it's it's like having, it's like having Sean be in movie and he doesn't die. You're like, why? He he. <laughs> like, like, imagine, it's like, it's like having Sean be in the movie and he's the only survivor. That's, that's I want to I, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, Neil McDonald, by the way, has one of those faces that also looks like he belongs in like CSI Miami. Yes. But yeah. Yeah, but he's only in like one episode of like all those cop shows and lawyer shows, and it's like what? Like you should be a regular. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna hear this episode and he's gonna call his agent and be like, yes, I, I need to listen to his advice. I need to be a, <laughs> <laughs> I need to be a regular on this show. That'll be the day. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, yeah, there's there's a cop shootout. This movie doesn't excel well with the gunplay, so I don't feel like highlighting it at all. It's not really worth it. The, the, the pretext to this is that uh, the cops want to go into the favela and just take matters into their own hands and just kind of kill with it with abandon. They just kill everyone they see that they suspect is a criminal. I think. I think that's what the, the point was, right? Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, and then Michael Jai White uh, stumbles upon the Yakuza hideout or lair. And here... Best lair uh, yeah, ever. He... <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because they have uh, sushi. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's true. No, you you are absolutely right about that. Um, uh, <laughs> so they're at the lair, and I guess a fight ensues. Yeah, like they they all gang up on him. By the way, the the way that the fight starts is some dude grabs you know tangles some wire around his neck. It's the worst form ever. It's like why are you so far away from him? You should get close so you can really strangle him. Why are you so far? And obviously, so Michael Jai White gets out of that situation by taking his purse and hitting him in the head. (laughs) Really? Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. It it kind of looks like he has a purse sometimes, but it's a briefcase. (laughs) And he goes to town on these guys with his purse, his giant, giant man purse. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, he uses the purse uh, effectively in the choreography, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It stays with him throughout. So that was kind of nice. At times it looks silly. At times, uh, yeah, it, it, he makes it work. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it showed I like up the, at the end. Yeah, I like this fight. Very, very simple. One versus many. It mm-hmm. never feels like somebody's waiting their turn. He always successfully kind of like disperses the group before kind of taking on somebody one by one. And one thing I noticed in this fight is when Michael Jai White is kind of surrounded by people, he's never looking at one person. Uh, I notice he starts looking down. And my, I was kind of thinking maybe he was using his perf- uh, peripherals mm-hmm. to look at the whole group as opposed to looking at one person. So when he starts attacking, he's he's still kind of not looking directly at one person. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if that's really what was happening, but I was thinking like if I was in that situation, I would probably try to do something similar. Uh, wow, zero. I think you read a lot into that. I think it was just to add to the cool factor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all it was. Like, cause Michael Jai White's in, invincible, right? So he doesn't need to look. He's he's that guy who doesn't look at explosions. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, here you also see the display of his traditional karate uh, Kyokushin uh, background too. Like he's throwing his his um, he does like these kata blocks where he's blocking with his forearms uh, forearms that you'd only see in that kind of like martial art, like mm-hmm. more traditional martial art. Uh, and he throws his like, sidekick, which, you know, as we've seen in other movies with him, it's, it's you know, you, you believe in the power behind that that kick. Um, and like I said before about the, the briefcase, I, it's, it's amazing that he actually uses that in the choreography the way that he does to block these hits. Um, you know, he's like, yeah. like it, it, again, it's Giles a lot between being silly and being kind of like awesome. He's like, yeah, I'm going to swing it around like, a, you know, like, like, like a purse and then next thing i know ah it's a shield uh, blocking your punch right 
<laughs> he has like an adaptation feature where he like yep. uses objects as a weapon. Um, in this case, it's a briefcase. In yep. later on in the film, he uses pipes, and we'll get to yeah. that. But like yes. you know, he yeah. he has this theme of like anything that's around him, he will use. Like right. in the previous fight that you mentioned, where he mistaken identity because of the necklace uh, that his sister gave to um, yep. one of the guys in the favela. Uh, you know, he, he like used his knife against him at one point and stuff like that. So, right, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, well, yes, he he does. He, at least he shows off a little bit of his uh, adaptive adaptability to his environment using props in the there. Mm-hmm. In terms of his actual uh, traditional fighting, I, again, it's it's always like a disconnect again to see him. It's, it's similar to what we talked about in TC two thousand. Like, oh, Bolo's using Tai Chi. That's weird. <laughs> this is big. <laughs> bulky dude using tai chi here like i always forget i'm like oh yeah that's right michael jai white is a traditional martial artist so when he does the low low sidekick and then immediately follows that up with the the heel hook to the face I'm like wow that's that's fantastic that's a that's like he that form is great but it's so weird to see this like 260 pound man do it <laughs> he's like pure muscle um, but yeah, I, it's he, he always hits these poses you know, absolutely well. Uh, but there's this one weird moment at the end of the fight. <clears throat> he uh, he has a guy in a back shoulder lock. I don't even know what you call it. Like he has he's, both of his arms tied behind his back, hunching him over. He lifts him up and then he kicks him. And in the next edit, it just it just feels like it, she should not have been lift. The dude should not have been lifted like that. Like he's. If he's being lifted while he's hunched over, he sh- and the shot of him in the air should not be him sprawled out like a star, like a starfish. Doesn't make yeah, any yeah. sense. It, it doesn't. It doesn't logistically work that way. It's the stuntman basically assisting him in <laughs> yeah. throwing him up. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's fine. And um, yeah, again, like uh, going back to what I said about the traditional uh, forms, uh, he has this he has really good high kicks, right? Um, oh man, I like how this fight ends where. Yeah the final bad guy jumps at him with a kick (laughs) and he just does this fucking powerful spinning hook kick and the hook and the foot just like literally hooks on the guy and it just slams him into the ground and i'm just like oh geez like it looks like there's wires involved but maybe maybe not maybe his you know he really the the stuntman really just absorbed that hit and just like got thrown to the ground with his leg I will say this: that's the one shot, the one hit that I rewinded the most for. Yeah, <laughs> I forget is about flying battleships. That's like Michael J. White <laughs> kicking battleships to the side. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, this once this scene is over, uh, well, that's when Michael J. White realizes that the crooked cops are well, crooked. What's the word? Oh yeah, there, there, there you go. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but but yeah. before this, um, there's an important part because you don't you get introduced to a character. Um, th- this whole situation, uh, yes, the cops are crooked. Yes, um, you know the yakuza is involved, but there's the the head of the yakuza organization, right? Um, and you get introduced to him a little earlier, and little, he yeah. actually does this amazing kill. That actually took me by surprise. I did not expect it when it happened. Um, when he killed I've the seen guy? It, I, yeah, when he killed one of his, like... Underlings. Yeah. Underlings, yeah. Um, long story short, Michael J. White gets the briefcase that he used as a weapon from this underling that he basically 
um, fucking put his head in a dirty toilet and basically yeah. try to waterboard him via toilet. Um, and got took his suitcase and was like, "All right, cool, bye." And then when he reported <laughs> it to the yakuza, That's put it. <laughs> it went to the yakuza boss. He's like, "Ah, oh, he took my briefcase, whatever." Um, he literally does his spiel about something, something. I don't like guns that much, says Mister Yakuza Boss. I like swords. Well, come on, like ever, we've seen that cliche a million times. Yeah, like the, the, yeah. the villain who doesn't believe in guns because they're too dirty. Right, That's, isn't that the Joker's mo? Just so ridiculous. And then just what actually did surprise me in that moment, and I was not expecting because of how the movie was going, um, was the fact that. He just, oh, you know, he twirls his sword around a little bit. He just shows off like swoosh. The blade goes through the wind. And then all of a sudden he literally stabs him backwards. And I was genuinely surprised. I did not yeah. expect that. I, I can uh, see how you say that. I can see how you're, why, why you say that. But it's, don't you find it disappointing that you don't actually see the stabbing? Yes, absolutely. You don't see the stabbing. Which is, yeah, which is the follow-up because it's like... If you're going to commit to doing something so unpredictable in that moment and you realize that as a director, you know, when you're putting producing this effect, this whole situation um, and executing it, it's like show that that end cut where you, when it really matters. Um, and they don't, unfortunately, but I was still surprised. And there were a couple of these types of surprises throughout the film, which I think right. kind of like kept me interested. Um and then this is where you meet, you know, crooked cops, um, you know, both of them. And then including Latif Crowder, you have uh, the Yakuza boss. You have um, all the other underlings involved with the Yakuza boss. And at some point you get to see that Asian nurse. I'm doing physical quotation marks. But, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let, 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 okay. But so just to make sure that we don't glance over yeah. the incredibly anticlimactic way of how the Asian nurse dies. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, it's like double anticlimactic, right? Because okay. it's because of the dialogue. Well, how do we set this up? The, the nurse at first, you know, she she does something heinous and tries to kill the sister, and then she shows up in the movie a couple more times just to be like, uh, kind of helping the yakuza boss along. And then it kind of you know, seemed like, like her character was supposed to be a little bit bigger than what she was, right? Yeah, because right. Because we, right. we actually see her on screen a decent, not a decent amount, but more than you would think. Right. Well, yeah. the payoff for us as the audience is that she gets shot by the female lead character who plays the. Uh, the beat cop. The, the beat, yeah, right. The the female beat cop, and who's supposed to be a, a pivotal character in her in her own right, mm -hmm. and then she disappears from the movie. So two characters disappear from the movie. But you in forgot the same about the scene. dialogue. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, what did, what'd she say? She was like, she shoots her twice, and oh, she's I guess dead I on the floor and called help or something. Like no, no, no. I I guess I should have said freeze, put your hands up or something, and then. I guess that doesn't oh, matter yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then she just left as if like it was cool to shoot some random person in a hospital <laughs> without even saying anything. I, I, I want to put emphasis on the thing you just said. And then she just left. Yes. She, she, <laughs> and then and she, she won't left be back for another 20 minutes. <laughs> Does she well, reappear? I don't remember at, her reappearing. At the, the end. Movie. At the end. At the end of the movie. She oh, does. Well, okay. I, was, I was worried that she was going to say something like after she killed the Japanese woman... Like I prefer Chinese takeout, and then like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. 
Uh, all right. So with all that uh, aside, uh, Michael Jai White. Happy New uh, Year, discovers... guys, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jai White. It's like, <laughs> like the audience is probably like completely confused. I thought this was Black History Month. Uh, yeah. And so now we're at the, the end after Michael Jai White uh, uncovers that, you know, the crooked cops are crooked. Uh, like we, uh, this, this final action scene is separated into guns and no guns. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the no guns, uh, the guns portion of it, I guess the only mention of that that's worthy of, of, you know, talking, uh, talking through is that, you know, like what we said before, it's like John Wick esque. There's moments where Michael Jai White will uh, take a guy down, uh, using uh, traditional like hand to hand combat skills. And then grab the gun out of his hand, you know, pop a couple guys in the head, and then you know, finish the guy on the floor. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, I like the hybrid here. It's like it feels yeah. a little bit. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it's not too much of a stretch where I, I feel like I'm taking out of the action. Like, yes, this feels like it's appropriate for this kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. I like I like this scene a lot. It it's slower. It it's it's weird. It's a slower paced action moment because it it starts out as horror where Michael Jai White is able to use. The fact that he's off screen or he can like appear behind people suddenly, like you know, like that very, very silly horror trope where as yep. long as you're not seen on the camera and then the camera, you know, kind of pans up and you're right there behind him. I was like, I, I guess he's the the uh, slasher villain now. You know, you know what this the scene is missing is missing uh, Michael Jai White throwing an object to the right of the screen. And then all of a sudden, the object comes flying back and hits the henchman in the head. And he falls on the ground. And Michael Jai White's like, ha I threw that shit before I got in the room. <laughs> it's uh, like the Van Damme <laughs> version of Michael Jai White. Um, yeah, it's so weird because like, Michael Jai White will take the guy down. And then he will jump, roll, and grab a gun off the floor as he's dodging bullets. I'm like, man, that guy, like, you know, when they make that expression, say that expression, uh, you can't hit the broad side of a barn. I'm like, Michael Jai White is the broad side of a barn. <laughs> he is so big. How do you miss that? Yeah, the guy's fucking huge. It's it's very comical when you think about it. Like, how are they just missing him? How are they not all <laughs> listening to where the gunfire is coming from and just, right. you know, just swarming? Yeah, but yeah. it's OK. It's I, I like the slower pace. I like the um, the tactical combat yeah. stuff. I like that he runs out of bullets at one point, and so he picks up a different gun. Yeah. You know, it's it's trying to be a little realistic while yeah. being a little fantastical. So right, yeah, right, yeah. I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't even. I mean, yeah, I'm obviously making fun. I mean, I'm, I can also make fun of the fact that it, it kind of it's realistic, but also uses Rambo logic at times. Like no one can hit Michael Jai White, but Michael Jai White can see someone's foot peeking out the side <laughs> of a corner. He's like, all right, yep. I can shoot him from 20 feet away. You either shoot me or stop wasting my time. And then, you know, obviously there's, there's, hey, hey, this is, this is an example where I think like digital blood is fine. Um, they don't use it a lot, but you know, at, in, in the kind of color, color uh, correction that they did for the scene, everything is incredibly blue. It's like, it's very yeah. harsh, cold light in this band, like warehouse area. It remi uh, reminds me of Fury and I really didn't like <laughs> it. <laughs> okay you didn't you, know, you didn't like it here or you didn't like it in fury you mean? no no i didn't like it here because i think it was such a cliche to have this blue saturated uh, background um that was supposed to mimic nighttime or like indoor dark environments and i was just mm. like you know what i i personally have such a distaste for the blue color in film 
Um, I, I, I just, I just hate it. I just think it's such a fucking cliche. All right, all right, Mark. Know. We're not you watching. Should, we're not watching Avatar six together. <laughs> Except for uh, hey, 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 aliens are fine. Unless Michael Jai White's in that too. Unless... <laughs> oh boy, he probably will be. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, because because the movie's so realistic, uh, I guess you kind of forget the fact that it can be stupid times. Because uh, Michael, because uh, Jamie Navarro is pointing the gun at, at Michael Jai White point blank, and the Michael Jai White takes a stack of pallets and he just <laughs> starts shoving it at at uh at Jimmy. I'm like, but you, as when it pans back and forth between Jimmy, who's like now like panicking, he's like, oh no, pallets, planks of Ip wood. White. What am I going to do? <laughs> it's Ip White, everybody, careful. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like oh it's like, no it's like, one of those if... things where michael jai white is pushing the you know the the thing of pallets at him and you're thinking why don't you just move to the left yeah why do you why do you like get scared and run backwards and then get you know the whole thing piles on top of him right, right. but even before then you're, he's like he's like he's he has a clear shot at michael jai white because it cuts back and forth between it you, you see like the pov from um from jimmy navarro the the villain and you can see Michael Jai White's entire outline through the holes in the pallets. It's like, just shoot him. But well, he's hiding behind something, so automatically he's bulletproof. Oh, okay. That's, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so, so... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, hey, so this leads us finally to our kind of semi-final fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's actually kind of impressive because uh, I thought... I thought the first time I watched it, at least from what I remember, um, I thought it was going to be one versus one at a time. I didn't think Michael Jai White was going to take on all three of them at the same time. So it's Latif Crowder, Jimmy Navarro, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Tiago, and Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, yak- the Yakuza boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the katana wielder. And, and by the way, that's the other thing uh, the, to mention is that basically everyone has a, like a, kind of like a gimmick. Tiago's like the gun guy, but he also like he picks up knives off the floor. Right. Um, Tia, uh, I mean, Latif is obviously capoeira-ing his way through this Brazil ponytail, uh, and then uh, the Japanese guy has a katana. Michael Jai White has nothing on him, and somehow he's still winning. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, like once no, you get to the, the, the up until a certain point, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Right. Yeah, so that was the thing that was really pulling me out of this fight. Once all three of them gang up on him, and all three of them have weapons, and he's just like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna put my hands up," right. <laughs> and I, I just could not, I could not take it seriously. Like, come right. on, man! Like, you could easily take this one guy out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, well, it starts off with Latif versus Michael, and I thought I was hoping that this would be longer. Uh, yes, the way that too. Michael Michael takes dispatches Latif, at least in the first portion of it, it just feels like it's too easy for him. Um, and I mean, he just like... kind of he kind of kicks him away, <laughs> and he falls to the ground. And so the choreography now just fits in Jimmy Navarro to start doing Donkey Kong and throwing <laughs> barrels at him. Yeah, I, I just to go back to the Latif thing. Um, so a lot of this is the setup is. I guess it wouldn't really lend well for Latif to show off his capoeira anyways, just because of the way that Michael Jai White tends to fight. He's a lot. He's very straightforward. He's very like, like the the direct hits that immediately take you out. Like I don't need like again going with the Bruce Lee philosophy. It's like I don't need to do, do like fifty crazy kicks. I'll just punch you hard one time and you're out of the fight scene. 
that's it. You're going to the hospital. Um, and like, well, Latifah's an acrobat. It's like, yeah, like it, it's, it can be hard to kind of mesh those two um, uh, styles. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. There is a moment I really liked, and it's only it only happens once, but I, I wish there was more of it to, to meld the two styles, is mm-hmm. when uh, Michael Jai White, he kind of does a low kick at Latif, and he kind of recovers and does more kind of capoeira moves at him. Yep. I thought, oh, that's cool. That's how you mesh the two styles, one straightforward and one is reactory. Right, right. And I want—I kind of wanted that. I kind of wanted Latif to react more to Michael Jai White's straightforward moves. And unfortunately, that was the only moment where I saw that happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we'll definitely get more chances to talk to cover Latif again because once we get to Navarro fighting Michael Jai White, I think I think Tiago, the char- the actor, he um he's the only one that's not a martial artist, so they have to have stunt person come in and and do some of his his work. Um. And there's there's actually moments where like when I slow it down, I can actually kind of appreciate it. So, but when watching it in full regular speed, you you don't get to appreciate things like oh, Michael Jai White's kind of toying with him at, at times. Like he he grabs the 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 headband that's around his head and pulls it down to cover his eyes, and then he throws an uppercut to hit his head and I smack him in the face and knock him down. It's like oh, you should have slowed that down instead of hiding all that in editing because that's actually kind of funny in a weird way. Eh, it's it's, it's like. Like it doesn't know if it wants to do the old school traditional American style editing or or you know be a little bit more modern I guess with the martial arts. Um, yeah, so Latif uh, gets back up and then the Japanese guy is now involved, and it, this is where I felt like oh yeah this is totally unfair. This, <laughs> this is absolutely unfair. This is no no way. Yeah my- yeah. Like having having three on one, especially three on one with weapons like mm-hmm. that get. I was I was a little worried because I was like, okay, yeah. yes, this is not realistic, but at least I can understand what's going on in the fight. This has a huge danger of getting really, really sloppy, yeah. especially because you have one character swinging around what is essentially kind of like a rope weapon, but it's like a chain. Yeah, you you know what um, my problem with this though is um, what's that? Latif is in a lot of this is in the background right yeah. uh in the fight it's it's they are encircling him they they created like a, a triforce around him <laughs> oh god i'm such a nerd uh <laughs> they, they've kind of created a triangle around him and they're like they're encasing him i mean the the logic is always like why don't they just like just dogpile him um but obviously we wouldn't have a movie but if anything like if they're all going to be using their weapons their specialities like i think latif should be in the front he's doing yeah. all these flips in the background and Michael Jai White just in the way is like you might as well not even do them. He's like he's doing like cartwheels. He's like aerialing and like don't don't do it if you don't we don't see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was thinking about that, and I think the way they utilized Latif made sense because every time, like for example, Jimmy would swing like do a wide swing with the metal chain at Michael Jai White, you realize like okay it wouldn't be good if Latif Crowder was nearby because yep. he's in the way. So you notice that uh, Jimmy will swing the chain and then Latif will come in. So right. they have to kind of take turns. And that makes yeah. sense to me, especially when you have the guy with the katana who's like just kind of wildly swinging around. I love the moment when um, Michael Jai White kind of like throws uh, Jimmy and Latif mm-hmm. out of the way. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where the guy with the katana comes down and he swipes at both of them, and you can see him miss Latif Crowder's leg. Yeah, and yeah. And I was yeah, thinking, yeah. I was like, "Oh man, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's a good way to show that okay, 
these fighters can't really dogpile now because they're you know there's a potential of hurting each other right what's well, right. actually like pulls away because he realizes like something's coming at him like yeah. with that blade coming down like so so everybody's avoiding each other yeah it's fucking right great. right stylistically i think it would have worked better if it, the japanese guy did actually slice at latif's legs like oh well now he can't use your legs yeah Rat, uh, i mean but I mean, but then but then he can't anyway oh uh, yeah right right well because uh i guess we'll talk about the different versions now um i mean there's not i guess they say it's different versions but all I mean, it is is just like either censored two. or it's not yeah right right um i have we have obviously i don't even know which version i watched i feel like uh looking it up and, and seeing all the quote unquote deleted scenes i'm like oh i think i've just watched the full version well, um, uh, so on Amazon Prime, it's the uncut version. But then when I was rewatching the fights, I just like went to YouTube because it was, just, it was just easier to just have the fight separated from me. And I noticed that after Latif gets stabbed in the foot, I was like, oh, where'd he go? He just disappears. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's such a lame way to go out. Yep. And then I started looking up information on the movie and I was like, wait, there's an uncut version. And then I realized what I first watched on Amazon like was not at all like what it was in the YouTube, uh, the YouTube clip because in the YouTube clip he you know they right. cut out his death. Right. Yeah. Um. Now I can see how that would be annoying because I, I I watched that after the fact and I'm like oh that's kind of stupid. Um. Because yeah he does kind of disappear. So the what happens is uh Michael Jai White is blocking some knife attacks from Jimmy and he grabs a knife out of his hand. And then because Latif is right behind him, he just you know, swoops down and stabs him in the leg or stabs him in the foot. And then, you know, what's good, what's use of a capoeira guy if he can't use his legs anymore? So he just, he'd be out. I mean, I, again, going with what I was saying before, like, it, it, I, feel, I feel like it would have been better if the Japanese guy sliced him out of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but whatever. Uh, yeah, like, but imagine that was it. It's like, oh, I guess he, his, that foot stabbing was so bad he just died off screen. I mean, I, I I guess I'll believe it. Um, I like the foot stabbing. I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> I, I I know it, it it's gratuitous. It, it's silly, but well, honestly, well, like, how many foot stabbings can you say you've seen in a martial arts movie? And right, I don't right. mean slicing an actual stab. Well, okay, I, I should we should talk about like how he actually does die without the um with the uncut version, right? So short, now... short, shortly after the foot stabbing, I mean, he literally. Um, is in pain right and he's um playing with jimmy right because he's got um he punches jimmy a couple of times he basically when he's punching the wall yes right and then he literally stabs jimmy with his own necklace which (laughs) just happens to have the three nails that jesus had um nailed you know into his two hands and his feet in the form of a cross so he uses the long side of the cross to stab him in the chest with oh. said nails oh wait, wait, wait. We, we should we should also mention that that character's whole thing has been just god he's been talking about god throughout the whole that's movie. true yep. yep so i mean everyone <laughs> oh, just that little thing <laughs> yeah yeah so he died by the power of god too so <laughs> i guess um... he gets stabbed and all of a sudden he's be- he's crucified in the heart and then uh, um oh god happy ash wednesday everybody <laughs> um so he proceeds to walk over to latif and he literally just rotates him his neck onto his shoulder from behind and then yep. just proceeds to fucking snap his neck 
And Latif actually does like a good like fake out death scene where it's like, oh, I'm shocked. They, I broke my neck. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> snappy, snappy. Yeah. So uh, the the movie was released. Uh, it's as rated R. Like, why do you need to censor this movie any more than it is? I don't like. And watching I guess, that, I guess that death, ne- I'm like, it's not that gratuitous. Is uh, rated R plus. I don't know. I don't know what constitutes yeah, yeah, as that's, too violent. That, that's kind of odd. Yeah, that they that they cut. <laughs> there, that there is no. Obviously, we all know that there is no like uh, actual baseline or or outline as to that's what true. is uh, you know PG fourteen and and <laughs> everything else. PG-14, rated R, PG, all these, you know, different ways right. to rate things. Yeah. Well, uh, so now that those two are taken out, it's just him versus the Japanese guy. By the way, this is not how you end the movie, right? This is not how you end the fight. Like, you, like, you do start with the three three on one. Why would you end one one on one with one of the people involved? It's, especially when you've kind of already proven that Michael Jai White's better well, I than think, all three I think... of them at the same time. I think the thought process was the Japanese fighter was going to be the quote-unquote best fighter, and you save the best for last. It's definitely the most, uh, some of the more complicated choreography of this movie, but it's not the best fight, though. Yeah, it's not the most memorable. um... Yeah, that's the problem. I think think for me, visually, uh, kind of like what you were saying before, Mark, like visually, it's just kind of bland. It's a little... Yeah the the blue the overall blue wash is just not really visually appealing yeah and then the harsh shadows creating this kind of weird noir feel that don't feel like they belong in this movie it's yeah it's just kind of weird to look at right if you have the three on one you get distracted like the blue is not so important because you're focused on the action but when you have a one-on-one all of a sudden you like like you were saying yes just the blue is so there and it's just like what the hell is going on and all of yeah. a sudden, they're doing all these wide shots because you can't do these mid-range to close-ups on each individual, you know, opponent. Uh, you're trying to get these wide shots for this one-on-one because that's really just the best way to um, showcase this fight. Unfortunately, uh, right. there there are their gimmicks. I mean, he literally picks up pipes and then he uses you mean PVC them. pipes that they've just painted over. <laughs> <laughs> that is silver, yes. Right. Uh, I mean, I like I like this. He uses the yeah. kind of PVC pipes as like, uh, what is it like forearm gauntlets yeah, to block yeah. against the katana. I was like, okay, that's cool. And then he's kind of swinging it around a little bit like nunchucks. You know, it's a you nice know. it's a nice visual. I think I think just the overall visual of this such the harsh shadows on everything is just a little too distracting for me. That's it almost looks like a music video at points. <laughs> Yo, seriously. Because it's got that it's got that really bright light just hanging above them and then it just causes everything else to blacken out. Uh, and yeah, you have that definitely... fog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's definitely Oh, yeah, that that doesn't help cuz you know, you know how Thriller. light you know how light reacts to you know like like uh, like fog or well, misty you know air um yeah and that that goes with what i was gonna say like i should i guess the shadows isn't really my problem is the opposite like i have problems more so with the how overexposed this this whole scene is it's like they there are moments where they're they're flashing these these weapons and they just they just shimmer so much yeah, like the blade of the katana and then the, of, of his pipes on his arms. Yeah, yeah. sometimes the, the light is just too bright. Yeah. yeah and, but and what do you think about the around, choreography, I though? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, sometimes I can't see it, like, in, in all honesty, because uh, it, it, it makes the, the, those arm guards that Michael Jai White is, um, is wielding, those police batons, uh, they just make them look 
much bigger than they actually are. Or like it makes the motion seem a little bit more um, like blurry, I guess. Um, but, out of, yeah. but out of the choreography that you can see, though, I mean, it's <laughs> average at best. Um, yeah. I mean, you have like, ooh, I can twirl these. Like, it's cool. Um, I'll be honest. The thing that distracted me the most in this whole scene, though, was the fact that the pipes were not the same exact pipes. They were different, and I just... It's kind of realistic. No, just being obsessive-compulsive, I was just like, why are those not the same exact thing? Like, what if he slices his left hand and not his right? Like, why is it this way? <laughs> like, I thought we were supposed to have the same type of pipes. Why just Why like... are these pipes not the same? Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> are they not the same? Tap, tap, tap. I just got... You, you know, when your mind wanders, like, you're like, okay, I'm no longer interested in this scene. You start thinking about other well, things. Well, okay. Uh, I <laughs> yeah i think oh what you said kind of i, I did kind of resonate yeah it resonates with me because i'm like at, at times i it, after a certain point I'm like it just started to go on a little too long um mm -hmm. I, I think it's just because of the weapons like I, I can't i can't see them sometimes so well, i think sorry i was just gonna say for me i think the biggest offender of this fight is how michael jai white starts to win <laughs> and basically the japanese guy just insults his sister Yep. And so that angers Michael Jai White enough to beat him harder. Yeah. Power up. Because like, that's it. Like, yeah, he just gets him angry because he insults his sister. Yep. And so that's it. Like, that's the only reason why he won the fight because he yep. made a dig at his sister. Yep. I mean, he was like, kind of already winning. Kind of. Well, like, I would say it was, it was already, it was a stalemate. Michael Jai White got sliced once, but I'm like, I mean, you've also, I mean, like, they're pretty much on, like, even footing at the most part, but then, well, of course, you have to say that, that part, shit. Except for that part where he gets stabbed by the back end of the fucking katana, which should have killed him. Eh. That's okay. It was a tiny little blade. Just, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just a little prick. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 a, just a tip, just a tip. Yeah, just a tip. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's fine. It's not it's not terrible, but I I, yeah, I don't I think this fight goes on a little too long, even though it's not that long to begin with. But it's also not very memorable, anyways. Um, I uh, the Japanese guy didn't really do much for me. Like he wasn't the most menacing final boss. I feel like the movie yeah, didn't really I, really set him up well as a final boss, anyways. Exactly. I think it really should have been Latif who got uh, well, the final fight. Well, no, I don't think that. No. No, because Latif, like his character, was basically nobody. Like they didn't well, really set him up. Uh, he, I, the way, for me as a martial arts fan, it should have been Latif because I don't know who this Japanese guy is. I don't, yep. Obviously, uh, Jimmy Navarro is not a trained martial artist, so who you know who's left? Right, that's true. That and is they could have set up the plot to actually be like, all right, well, he killed him off one of the guys in an earlier scene, and then this one earlier in the warehouse, you know. And then Latif was the only one left, and he had nothing to lose, and it was just like a one-on-one -on -one fight, and that yep. would have been epic. I, I yep. totally agree with Zero on this. I think Latif should have been the one yeah. to be the last stand, so to speak. Yeah, just right. just make Latif the one who who beat his his sister to you know almost to death, like in a flashback, like mm. oh it was me, ha 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 ha. Right. Well, you know, uh, I guess that's kind of let's talk about the sequel bait because now the movie's tech kind of over once he defeats mm -hmm. the he plays the drums on the Japanese guy <laughs> with the pipes. <laughs> he plays it on sideways, yes, just beats him, yes, beats yes. him down. And he gives Jimmy uh, his gun, uh, which has one bullet left. And Jimmy obviously ends his own life again. Uh, you see in other uh, movies. You've definitely seen that before. 
And then, um, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, because I don't know if you guys know, the, the I think this movie has the alternative title or the original title was like, uh, like Code Falcon or Code Rising or something like that. Uh, this was meant to be the first of a series, like an installment, uh, the first installment of a series. Um, and that, I mean, the ending could, is... You could definitely see that, yeah, oh, yeah. the way yeah. they end this movie. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, because there, there kind of is resolution, but there kind of isn't, because the sister just wakes up, and the doctor is, does not give any good news. And she's like, uh, you're lucky she's even has her eyes open. Like, that is, <laughs> like, she is using all the energy in the world. This is going to take decades for her to arrive from and then uh and then uh, what's his face um uh neil mcdonough gives him gives michael jai white a job to pay for all the insurance that he's gonna need to cover for her medical expenses mm-hmm. and it's like yeah and then you got you're just gonna do work for me and i i'm pretty sure this is not exactly what he says but michael jai white's like what kind of work and then the credits roll that is like <laughs> sequel baiting <laughs> I mean, it was a little more in depth than that, but basically, <laughs> um, yeah. You know what this reminds me of? Actually, this ending scene it reminds me of Triple X, um, where literally Samuel L. Jackson is talking, and Vin Diesel is like, "Oh, was like you got a job for me or something like that," and he's and Samuel L. Jackson says something along the lines of like you've already done the first job or something like you've passed the test and then a shark it's time to move on to like the next mission or some shit like that like that's exactly what this was basically here's a dossier of some bullshit code name falcon um oh it's your old cult call uh, call sign and um yes please keep working for me let's make four more movies so we can make money Right, because um, Michael Jai White, <laughs> right, because Michael Jai White is the Falcon, and he's gonna meet the Winter Soldier, and they're gonna oh have a new God. movie together. It came up ah. when I watched this movie. There exactly you go. There that. you go. That's yeah. why. That's where you. I was brain like, was. oh, so they probably thought of him. And you then and I have the like, same YouTube recommendations. <laughs> yes, we do. And then instead, he went to the go on. Uh, he was showcased on Arrow, you know, as a villain. But whatever, <laughs> it's fine. Man, I was uh, I was really disappointed that uh, Michael Jai White's character's name was not John Falcon. <laughs> like his name, his name is John Chapman, and the whole movie, I was like, "All right, John Falcon, let's go, John." Like I kept on calling him John Falcon in my mind, and at the end of the movie, I was like, I was hoping he was going to be like, "All right, time for the Falcon to rise," and then you know, smash the title card. <laughs> they did it only once. And, and that was at the end, which I was really surprised with the the Falcon situation. Oh, right? okay. Like <laughs> the rising was implied because he was rising yeah. from his depression and dealing <laughs> with his PTSD, and then he got his call back, uh, call sign back, and all of this. So, like, yes, the Falcon was rising again. Um, but yeah, it was like. Well, I want I want all John. Uh excuse me i want all michael jai white movies to have like really weird names that tie into the title like i love blood and bone his name is like john bone i think <laughs> no i think his name is just bone <laughs> like, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have a first name he's like share he's like share and bone that was actually the falcon's uh side mission he was he was on a mission he was doing his thing and uh, the mission was called blood and bone operation blood and bone <laughs> It's fine. It's oh, it's God. it's all canon. It's it's all good. Um, 
<laughs> oh man yeah this once i wanted michael jai white to like punch someone and be like falcon punch <laughs> <laughs> um all right falcon rising uh, that's falcon rising <laughs> yeah um uh yeah it's, it's fine it's it's an okay movie i i'll, I'll yeah it's fine that's my recommendation <laughs> i don't know i don't have much more to go into it's, it's a pretty okay movie i think it's yeah it, it's not amazing it's enough to keep you engaged uh it it you know like michael jai white has a lot of good movies obviously you know like some some not so good obviously spawn um but of the movies that i think you know that are you know like good or like okay i think this is like just in that close to the okay range i think it's 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 not bad at all. I think it's actually very entertaining. Um, I say check it out. Uh, watch the fight scene by themselves, maybe. But I think the movie is pretty entertaining, so why not just watch the whole thing? And there's actually not that much fighting, so uh, maybe it just makes more sense to watch it in context. Yeah, it's okay. I'd say go check it out. I don't think there's anything wrong with the film um, outside of the very minor complaints that we make. But I don't know. I can play about everything. Okay, but if I find out you're lying to me... I'm gonna come back and finish your swimming lesson. All right, uh, Mark. Um, I I like the movie actually. Um, I I don't think it's the greatest movie ever made, but considering what Michael J. White films are, um, I thought this was like a nice breath of fresh air in his uh, filmography. Um, it was a little more subdued. It wasn't just purely, you know, uh, kicking ass and, you know, n- no consequences. The, whether it's plot or action, there were consequences. There was a little bit more risk. Um, I just, I, I like the setting of, of the movie. At some point, I was like, is there going to be a car running through the favela? Are we doing a Bad Boys 2 scene? Like, are we going to, like, have explosions? please god no um you know or like is jackie Chan or are they gonna, gonna are they gonna <laughs> drive a giant safe throughout the city <laughs> i was fully expecting it because like usually when you see you know that setting you're just like here we go again like jackie chan did it once and now everybody's doing it oh, like god. whatever and, but um yeah no i enjoyed it um and i really have no qualms about it it it's it's just overall average um if anything like the saturation on the cinematography like (laughs) like that's probably the worst thing actually one more thing um i guess they couldn't afford the real sound effects of bullets so they had to make their own and it was like this muffled like as if you were shooting a watermelon like (laughs) it was like a splurge sound more than it was like an actual but 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 it was just like a weird just little weird things that threw me off but i was just like yeah it's cool it's cool you're doing your own thing yeah Um, somewhere yeah no i enjoyed it and it had a nice divide between gun work sword work and uh fists <laughs> I you were about to say fisting for some reason there's a lot of fisting <laughs> not today <laughs> Zero. Uh, but yes it is a recommend it is a recommend overall okay average. gotcha all right cool uh zero thoughts uh yeah i i think i mentioned earlier that this this is kind of like action movie comfort food in that if you like action movies, it's very straightforward. You pretty much know what you're getting into, and it's competently made. 
for me personally, I wasn't too crazy about it. I it started to really lull kind of in the middle of the movie where you're not really you don't really have too much fighting going on anymore. And then it just becomes about, okay, Michael Jai White needs to go to all these different locations to try and get the next clue and go to the next location and next clue. So I, I was checking out a little bit during that time. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, I was a little disappointed because I was excited that Michael Jai White was playing a, a suicidal like army vet and because I don't think he's done that before, at least the films I've done. And then, unfortunately, it, it kind of gets dropped, that character beat. Uh, I, I did like some of the fighting. Uh, I liked the fight towards the end when he fights the, uh, the guys at the, the Japanese hideout with the briefcase. I thought that was good. And then I like all the John Wick-esque stuff, the very, very simple gun, close quarters combat stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't, but I don't think the movie's that big of a recommend for me. Right. Okay. It's probably yeah. because of the lull in the beginning, right? In the middle of the movie, right? In the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I started to kind of, it, it started to lose me, unfortunately. I, I, I would wish that it was able to keep the pacing a little higher, but I started, started to look at my phone, unfortunately. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> I completely get it. You know, like when you have a murder, when you have like a, a mystery in the a movie. Murder. Not well. I mean, there is no murder uh, in the movie. No, but like you know, like there's a crime mystery in the film. You know, like uh, it has to keep you engaged. Otherwise, you're gonna be like, what? Zero. You know, this movie was missing. Is missing that scene What's from that? Black Dynamite where they're like, uh, black, like Michael Jai White just doesn't understand. Like, like, oh, I don't know who could have done this. And then someone says waffles. And then, and then Michael <laughs> Jai White's like, oh, what? Say that again. Waffles. Waffles. They're made from butter. Butter melts in your mouth. Uh, and what comes out of your mouth? Uh, the people who speak, people who speak like people in the favela. Oh, I know, it's the favela. Or and then just go down the stupid <laughs> rabbit hole. Oh my god! And then it yeah. would have saved the movie. Now, right. You would have put right. your phone down right there. <laughs> They're like waffles. Who who eats waffles? Children. Uh, uh, child child trafficking. Uh, child trafficking. 